Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good middle of the night. <laughs> and welcome back to Cases of Color. I am your host, Randy Baum, and I'm here to bring you a new episode. But first, I have a few things to get out. I just want to say you guys are literally the best. I, I don't even feel comfortable saying fan base, but just people who support me. When I tell you I've gotten some of the most amazing messages over the past week, people saying that they're a fan of me, which is the weirdest statement to hear, and not in a bad way, weird, but it's just weird to hear somebody say they're a fan and they're talking about you. It is, it's weird in a way because I would never have expected that. This is something for me that is truly a a passion project and to see the overwhelming amount of love and support that I've gotten from you guys I genuinely just want to say thank you I know I've said like 50 million times and maybe on like episode 100 I won't be (laughs) so crazy about it but for now I definitely am you guys are literally just amazing so today we're going to talk about a case that I've wanted to cover for a very long time And the reason I wanted to talk about this case is because this case has a lot of stuff surrounding it. This case is, it was one of the most controversial cases when it came out. I remember seeing it all over the internet and people just were going nuts about this case. I mean, so many internet detectives covering this case and I use covering very loosely people sharing conspiracy theories, people putting out people's names out there, her own mother going on Facebook Live. I mean, this case was a lot. And I want to talk about this case because I personally have my own thoughts about this case. And I know that sometimes my opinion, especially for the type of platform I have, might not be the most popular opinion. Nevertheless, I still want to talk about this case because I know there are a lot of opinions out there. I know there are a lot of thoughts about this case and what happened and what didn't happen and and all of that here and there. So I really want to discuss this case in depth. I did a lot of research to get this information, prepare for a long episode, get you a snack ready, get you a, a coffee, a tea, a water. And let's get into this case because the case of Kanika Jenkins is a case like no other. And if you're not familiar with this case, well, I hope you enjoy all this information because there is a lot. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. So Kanika Jenkins was a 19-year-old girl. She had a beautiful smile, very beautiful brown-skinned girl, just gorgeous, voluptuous lips. She was just really pretty. And, and I bring that up because I just she was just such a pretty girl. She was just such a pretty young girl, you know, from Chicago. And on the night of September 8th, 2017, she left her house to go to a hotel party. Now, she told her mom that she was going to go bowling, go to a movie with her friends, and just celebrate her just getting a job. Apparently, she had just gotten a job at this... Um, nursing home and so she wanted to celebrate that with her friends but that is not actually where she was going and I do want to put this on to perspective that um I'm in no way trying to shame Kanika for any of her actions this evening I do want that to be abundantly clear there's no shame in being a young adult and doing young adult things because anybody who's been a young adult most likely nine 
99.9 times out of 10 has done some really irresponsible or, you know, just not been honest about what they were doing. That's not uncommon. So I don't, I want everyone to know that's not what I'm doing here. I just want to give full information. So moving on, she was actually headed to a hotel party at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont, Illinois. So that's a little bit outside of Chicago. And the room she was in was room 927. So it was on the ninth floor. And they made a few stops because Kanika was with her friends. So she didn't lie about being with friends. She was with her friends before the party and they went to go get a Bluetooth speaker. They went to go get some Hennessy. They went to go pick up some weed. They were young girls having a good time. And you can see them entering the hotel from the side entrance around 1.15 a.m. So they got to this party relatively late, but sometimes parties like these don't start until late or people are just hanging out late. People would get these hotels and just have parties in them at whenever hour. From the accounts from people at the party, people said that the party was crazy Um, It was so crazy that people were spilling out into the hallways. There was a noise complaint issued against how loud people were. There were about 30 or so people at this party, which if you think about 30 people being in a hotel room, I mean, my God, cramped like sardines. I couldn't imagine being in such a tight space. But there were people who saw Kanika and they saw her there. They saw her drinking Hennessy pretty heavily and no one said they saw her smoke weed or do any other substances of any kind. At around 1.36, there's a Facebook Live video that went up on Facebook. And even though Kanika isn't seen on the video, you can hear her in the background. She's talking about, you know, how oh, this isn't fun. It's not a fun vibe. And even after that, you see her on people's Snapchat videos, selfies with people. So there's no question that not only was she at this party, but she was there with other people. There were multiple eyes on her until they were not. So at some point in time, around three-ish in the morning, her and her friends leave the hotel room and they go to the elevator on the ninth floor and then I guess from what her friends say Kanika realizes that she left her phone and car keys in the room now there is footage and you can see all three of them waiting at the elevator and then you see the two friends they walk off and they go back to the room and they were gone from what they said no more than 10 minutes but by the time they came back Kanika was gone she was no longer waiting outside of the elevator anymore she was gone so footage shows Kanika getting onto the elevator and she ended up at the lower level of the hotel now I've done this before where I've gone on an elevator and what I thought would be like the lobby or the first floor or just whatever whatever was the floor that I am trying to be on I have accidentally hit the button that is lower than that The only difference is when I've done it, I have been sober. So it would be very easy for me to realize, hey, oh shit, I'm on the wrong floor. I'm not on the floor that I came in on. Let me go back upstairs. You know, and another thing to keep in mind is that Kanika also came in through the side entrance. She did not come in through the front of the building. So it's not like she would have been like, oh, this is not the front lobby. That's not how she got up there in the first place. So it's not unreasonable for me to believe that she got off thinking, oh, shit, well, I'll just find out, you know, where the front is. Or if I just keep walking, 
I will figure out where I'm at or where I'm supposed to be. So I say all that to say, you can see the footage of Kanika and something that I feel they only showed brief clips of, but in doing research, I got to see the full minutes of her walking around this hotel. All of that stuff, it all looked the same. It all looked the same. Like when I tell you the tiles, the same, like I was getting confused watching. Like it was little things in the hallway that like sober conscious me was like, oh, that's a different part of the hallway. Oh, there's a staircase there, blah, 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 blah. Because it literally all looked the same. Now imagine being drunk or disoriented in any capacity and trying to navigate one, a place you've never been before. Two, everything looks the same. Three, you are disoriented trying to figure this out. And now you just want to go get home. So now you're just walking everywhere because everywhere you go is a dead end. And if you look on the on the footage, you can see her. She's having a hard time. She's not walking straight. She's literally like leaning and stumbling onto the wall. She's using the wall to brace herself. And as I'm watching the video, it's very clear how drunk she is or intoxicated. I will say intoxicated. I won't just say drunk. I'll say intoxicated. It's very clear how intoxicated she is. And I was just blown away at how intoxicated she looked. And I remember when this was so, you know, sensationalized on social media and only seeing bits and pieces. I'm like, oh, well, she doesn't look, you know, to whatever. But after seeing the full footage, she's... I mean, she was, man, she was very intoxicated. Like if I was to walk past her on the street or in passing, even in a public place, I'd be like, man, like, I hope she's okay. Like, that would be somebody I would kind of look twice at. Like, is this person all right? So as Kanika is walking through this downstairs of the hotel, this lower level, she passes staircases, staircases that would have taken her upstairs to the lobby there was even one point in time where she literally ran into the railing on the stairs like literally ran into it as if she didn't see it like it was I was like oh man baby girl was she was gone like she was gone and by the way I'm not saying baby girl to be demeaning I have a little sister that's 19 so when I hear the age is 19 18 I literally think of my baby sister who is way younger than me. So just before I was like, oh, why'd you call her that? I'm not trying to be demeaning. It's just, I, I, that's how I look at younger people. You can tell that she does not know where she is. There's, I mean, there's point where she went into like the men's bathroom and then like 40 seconds later came out and you could tell she's like looking to the left, looking to the right, but she's also still super disoriented and so disoriented that she can't even find out the elevator, like where she came from in the first place. At around 3.32, you can see Kanika walking into the kitchen and there is no footage of the freezer. But if you look, you can see the freezer door opening and closing. So you see her go over there and you see the freezer door opening and closing and I know some people are like, oh, well, that's fake footage. There is footage of an actual staff member walking in there when he discovered her. And the same thing, you see him walk in and you see the freezer door open and you see it close. But you cannot see somebody go into the freezer from that camera angle. 
But it literally looked the exact same when he went and discovered her as it did when she walked over there and went into the freezer. And these type of freezers are meant to close and and be secure so that nothing melts or goes bad. And, you know, we have a freezer at work. Ours is inoperable right now, but we use it for storage. And I remember when I first started working there, you know, I went in there to put up some of our cleaning supplies because literally we just use it as a storage closet, you guys. And no kidding, I went in there and it closed behind me and... It literally locked me in. And this is like an old one. This is a super old one. Definitely older than the ones that were at that hotel. So I can only imagine, you know, how this happened. And the only thing I will say that is weird about this situation is that this freezer was on. So it was on and it was working. But the kitchen was not in use. But we will talk about that later. But just keep that in mind. Put a sticky note on it. We're going to come back to it. So while all of this is happening, Kanika's friends were actually searching for her. In total, they searched for her for about a whole hour, an entire hour. And this is another thing that when people were, you know, literally accusing her friends of all types of things, this is one of the things that nobody mentioned and that even I didn't find out until I did further research. They were looking for her all over the place. They are literally seen on camera, like, shrugging their shoulders, like, oh, my God, I don't see her. I don't see her either. They did not leave that hotel. They were looking for her, looking for her, and looking for her. And when it got to a point that almost 4 o'clock in the morning, when they couldn't find her, they even called Kanika's mother, and they said, hey, Miss Teresa, like, did Kanika come home? We're here, and we cannot find her. And, you know, her mother was like, you know, no, she's not home. Why would she be at home? And I guess Teresa, you know, decided to call Kanika, but Kanika's friends had her phone. So they, of course, were the ones who picked up the phone. And I want to note real quick that that says a lot, especially all the things that were said about these girls, is they didn't leave. They didn't drive her car home and just leave it there. They did not call anyone. They looked for her. And called her mother. And knowing that information and then seeing the things that were said about these girls online, that really bugs me. Because there's footage to prove how long they stayed in that hotel. And while they waited to hear back from the mom, they talked to the man at the front desk. They even went to look around the food court and the bar area. And then around 4.40, you see the girls running to the car and they go straight to Kanika's home. And they tell her mother, hey, we still can't find her. So her mom gets in the car because Kanika was driving her mother's car. So her mom gets in the car and she drives straight up to the hotel. She has the friends with her as well because the friends even went back with the mother to go and continue to search for Kanika. And this is the part that really breaks my heart because she went in there and she tried to find her daughter. She was knocking on doors. She was, you know, just looking around, seeing what she could find. And she talks to this lady at the front desk and she says, hey, you know, my daughter, nobody can find her in here. You know, I, you know, her friends are saying she's missing. Is there any way you can check the cameras and let me know if you see my child on any footage or anything? And this lady who I'm going to go ahead and just say she's rude because you're rude. I don't care who you are. 
literally was like, oh, well, if you want to get somebody to look at the footage, then you're going to have to call the police. First of all, um, protocol anywhere that has cameras, unless it's like a government agency or something like that, there's always somebody who can pull footage. It's, it's called a manager. Like, those are people who can pull footage, who can look at footage. She wasn't asking them to give her a copy of footage. She wasn't asking them to give her a disc to look at at home. She just said, hey, can you look around this time? Because my kid's been missing. And was just met with such issue. So the mom did call the police, and she called, and she, you know, talked to the police dispatcher, and... I will say this. The police dispatcher was not rude. Very, He was very kind. He gave her multiple solutions. However, comma, here's my issue. He was very big on, oh, well, she's 19. You know, she's an adult. And, you know, maybe she just drunk and fell asleep in a different room or, you know, stuff like that. And it really was very dismissive. And it irritated me because this woman is telling you that, hey, The car my child drove up in, I have it currently. It was brought back to me, which means my child is not where she said she would be. And it was just very like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, you can file a missing persons report whenever you like. But, I mean, I would just wait, go home, and calm down. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, as a mother, I'm not going to calm down about my kid missing. Like, if there's anything you're going to catch me not calming down about, it's that right there. I'm not calming down about my kid missing. It's, It's just not happening. It's not going to happen. And the fact that she had been missing for such a long period of time and the fact that, you know, it it was very strange circumstances that she had been missing, to me, it should have been an immediate response. And it wasn't. And I think that bothers me. With all the sexual assaults going on, the sex trafficking, this is really not a time to be out here playing with people's kids' lives like that. And also, in my opinion, just because someone is 19, in my opinion, does not make them an adult. I get that it legally makes them an adult, but this girl was still living at home with her mother. Her mother knows her child. And yes, her daughter lied to her about where she was going, but that doesn't negate that there was definitely something going on or that somebody could have made an effort to find Kanika or at least just view the footage. Like, don't be so dismissive of you know, a woman coming in, talking to you about her child. So later on that same day, the people at the hotel called the police on Kanika's family. And the reason why they called is because they were looking for their child. They were looking for Kanika. They said that, you know, they're being disruptive. They're banging on people's doors. And apparently one of the family members even pulled a fire alarm to see if that would get everybody to leave their room. And granted, I can admit, I know this is not a, that is not a very safe thing to do. To me, it really seemed like an act of desperation. And that's why I'm not going to be critical of that, that method. Because I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing if I thought my child was in a certain building. Like, that would be my way to get people out. Um, so the police, though, they were not rude. They didn't escort them off the premises. They were actually very understanding to what was going on. And what they did was they did go up to the room where the party was. There was nothing suspicious in the room at all. On top of that, um, 
They did confirm that they saw her entering the hotel with her friends at the time that she said she was. They pulled the footage from the side entryway camera. However, though, they left the rest of the scrubbing of the footage to the staff to see if they saw Kanika on there. Because at this point in time, it had been, you know, a good 17, 18 hours since Kanika went missing. So around midnight that night, a staff member is seen going into the freezer and you can see him rush out of the kitchen and then he comes back with a police officer. At that point in time, they found Kanika's frozen body. Um, Her hair was curly instead of straight like it was on the footage. And the reason for that is there were actually icicles above her that were that were kind of like dripping onto her head and. They had that freezer on, but it wasn't at full temp. Not sure why, but that explains that. And I bring that up because a lot of people were bringing that up on the uh, internet when they were over-dramatizing certain things. They were like, well, why is her hair curly? It was straight on here, blah, 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 blah. And, And the fact of the matter is that's exactly why. Because something was dripping onto her hair. Your hair comes in contact with any type of humidity. Those are just the type of things that happen. I mean, it's not everybody's favorite answer, but it is the answer. That's what happened with that. On top of that, it she, you know, one of her sneakers were off and she was laying on the floor. And the appearance of the freezer was extremely dirty, which threw me for a loop. But don't worry, we're going to talk about that soon, too, because I did have questions about that. And Teresa was notified that her daughter was dead. Apparently, they pulled her into a room inside the Rosemont Hotel, one of the conference rooms, and they told her. And you could see them taking her in. And literally moments later, you see her like running out of this room and she's screaming and she's crying and she runs into the lobby. When I tell you guys, this is some of the most gut wrenching footage I've ever seen. I I couldn't imagine like hearing those words that my child is gone. I think for me, that would be just one of the most heartbreaking things to hear from anyone. And I couldn't imagine how she was feeling. And honestly, it really broke, broke my heart. And shortly after that, Teresa is taken into the kitchen to identify her daughter's body. She was given a bag of her daughter's things. It was just her belly ring and a black scrunchie and another item that I am literally forgetting at this moment. But it was just very small, personal. I believe it was her earrings, if I'm not mistaken. Her mom identified the body. It was Kanika. They'd taken her out of the freezer. They put her onto a stretcher, so they did not make her mother, like, go into the freezer and look at her body in that state, which I'm really glad that they didn't. And after that, and then after that, her mother did a Facebook live video when she states, hey, you guys, thank you for the prayers. um, But my baby is dead, y'all. She's like, no one did anything to her. No one set her up. No one harmed her. That is directly from her mother after seeing the body. Shortly after her body was found, they did an autopsy and they saw no outer or internal injuries. They just saw a contusion on her leg and her ankle. And that could have been from stumbling. When I say contusion, I I know it sounds a lot worse than it actually is, but it was just like a small bruise on her leg. 
In regards to the contusion on her leg, it could have been from stumbling around. It could have been from maybe even trying to kick her way out of the freezer. There are so many ways that could have gotten on her, but it was very little and small. It wasn't anything major. Nothing was broken. So I do want to be clear when I say that. There were no signs of strangulation, any deprivation of oxygen, or anything of that nature. There was a drug in her system called tropiramide, and it has many hats, but it's typically given to people with epilepsy. So it can help with seizures, it can prevent migraines, but it's typically given to people with epilepsy. Some of the things that it can do is it can cause drowsiness, dizziness, slow thinking, memory problems, speech or language problems, even confusion. It can impair your judgment and most importantly you definitely should not drive or operate heavy machinery on this drug and use this drug with alcohol or drugs that is one of the biggest things like do not use this with alcohol it can have very detrimental effects her death was listed as an accident and that she was very heavily intoxicated with alcohol and this drug that it contribute to her death. So what is the truth and what is a lie? Because there is a lot going on here and there's still so many questions. This case is, again, like I said, one of the most controversial cases and it's a complete case, in my opinion, of social media dramatization. I had a conversation recently with my great friend Charmaine about sharing things before doing all of the research and how we can get caught up in social media sensationalism that we will at times not do our due diligence to properly research things. And we should definitely be mindful. Even some of us who do it more often, like me and Char are very good about looking into stuff, not just sharing memes, but actually, you know, reading articles and things like that. And her and I both made a little misstep on something. I won't speak on it right now because it's, it's too controversial and I don't need that drama in my inbox or in my mentions. But we both kind of jumped the gun on supporting something only to find out that it really wasn't what it seemed. And if we would have done a little bit more research on it, we probably would have found out very quickly that, oh, maybe this is something we kind of just need to, you know, mums the word on. And I really feel like that's what happened with this case. Like I said, I remember when this case happened and everybody was sharing Facebook Live videos and they were saying, oh, they sold her. You can hear Kanika in the background yelling help and, and all types of stuff. But the only thing is that doesn't make very much sense at all because Kanika is seen after that Facebook Live video a few times on her own Snapchat and on her friend's Snapchat, and she is fine. So if people are alleging that she's being raped at this time of this Facebook Live video, then what is the explanation for all the selfies and Snapchats and texting her sister? I mean, do we not think she would have texted her sister that? I'm just really, it, I just have a lot of questions. Because if, if that theory was true, which I personally don't believe it is, then something really does not make sense. Also, a lot of stuff happened after Kanika's death because a lot of people were saying that, you know, oh, Rosemont Hotel is known for organ harvesting. And I will say this. Do I believe that organ harvesting is a real thing? Yes. Do I believe that black people specifically have been targeted to be used as subjects and experiments? 
Yes. If you read the book Medical Apartheid, it literally talks all about it. Like it is genuinely recorded. It's not a theoretical book. This is real life. So I say all that to say, I am not in any way saying that I do not believe that orchid harvesting is real and that it happens. What I'm saying is, I don't think it happened here. Let's move on a little bit, though, before we get into all that. So there was an activist and he pursued the case for weeks. He even went to the hotel and he claimed that he was denied entry, even though the hotel never spoke out about it. I think maybe it was just possible that it was maybe either still a crime scene or they just didn't want any anybody who was intentionally disruptive being there. And at some point, Kanika's mom severed ties with this activist completely because he was allegedly raising money for Kanika's family, but not giving it to the family. And her mom made a statement on Facebook. She said, I don't want anyone without righteous intentions towards my daughter involved with her in her case. And that was the last of her dealing with that activist at all. Another thing that she did is she went on Dr. Oz and she was accompanied by Nancy Gray. And they claimed that something didn't seem right. Nancy, you know, put on her her lawyer hat and was just like, oh, the way her clothes was found and all types of things. And, and, you know, I don't dislike Nancy Grace, but sometimes she gets really emotionally invested in these cases. And yes, it makes her very passionate with her journalism, but I think it also keeps her from being objective. And there have been times where Nancy Grace should have ate crow and she just didn't. Because she gets very emotionally invested. And again, I like Nancy Grace. I've been watching Nancy Grace for years. I'm not anti-Nancy Grace. I just feel like that is her one character flaw. Like, I feel like that is the one thing about Nancy that is just, it's not good. Because it's, it's not beneficial when you're trying to report information and get information. And I think... The emotion tied to that, you know, and saying things like that, I feel like it kept the theory going. And I don't know how Kanika's mother ended up linked to Nancy Grace, but I feel like either Nancy reached out. I just don't see how Nancy Grace, like like how Miss Teresa just stumbled upon getting a hold of Nancy Grace. I feel like it was the other way around. And I feel like, again, social media sensationalism drove that connection between the two of them and drove Dr. Oz even wanting to put it on his show. He wouldn't have just talked about this case without the social media sensationalism. And that's my thing. And I will say this. You're probably like, but Randy, don't we want people talking about these cases? Isn't that why you have cases of color? Hear me. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. What I'm saying is when social media sensationalism starts pointing the finger at people who are not guilty, starts making up lies about things, playing back footage, zooming in on false images on people's sunglasses and things like that, I have to then question how much we allow social media to drive things and make them important. And something that Stephanie Harlow, who I I, um, subscribe to on YouTube, brought up is that this over sensationalism of her death overcrowded her life. Like it was so hard to find anything about Kanika's life. Everything was just about death and all these theories and hoaxes and 
fake videos and, and, and internet opinions about things versus the facts and what was really there. And if it wasn't for me doing my due diligence, I wouldn't have been able to look into this case the way that I wanted to for this platform. We have got to be mindful as people about how we use our platform and what we share and making sure we're reading things before we share them because it can really cause an issue in our ability to draw importance to things that are actually important and making sure that we are not turning something into something nasty. You know, her friends who were with her were accused of selling her for $200 to be sex trafficked and sexually assaulted. And I say all of that to say these girls' lives were turned upside down just because they were there with their friend when the facts are they were genuinely helping search for their friend. And even though they had been up all night, went back to the hotel with Kanika's mother to continue to help look for their friend. But that, that narrative was not being talked about. That narrative was not being spun. Because again, social media sensationalism. When the lie is more interesting, that's what people would like to believe. And it's very unfortunate because... Social media literally will turn people's lives upside down. And once a lie is put out there, it's very hard to get past that. So anyways, I've gone on a mini social media rant, so I won't continue talking about it. But I do want to say um, there are just some things that I believe and here are my thoughts. Number one, Kaniga was 19 years old, which means that in the eyes of the law, she's an adult. She does not have to go to a pediatrician and she doesn't have to turn over her medical information to her mother. The autopsy results, yes, they found that drug, tropopyramid, however, comma. There were signs in there of long-term use. And as somebody who takes certain medications, I won't say which ones, but some stuff, is it stays in your system and you can tell if somebody just took something or if it is a long-term use, i.e. something that they take daily. It alters your blood and and those tests and things like that where people can tell if you just took it or if you've been taking it. And it's all about how your serotonin levels and other things like that regulate a lot of medical jargon that I'm not going to bore you with. But that's how they found it. Somebody who took it on a regular basis. No one knows if this is a new medication. Again, couldn't find anywhere and all the people who the sources that I trust that looked into it also couldn't find if they looked into her records to see if she was uh, prescribed it. All they had is her mother saying that to her knowledge, Kanika had never been prescribed anything of that nature, but that doesn't mean that she wasn't. Also, I was really critical of her friends leaving her um, because I'm like, why would you leave your friend? And the only explanations I can come up with is I do recall, you know, they did say that some dudes at the party were making them uncomfortable, but it was just, you know, just, you know, over flirting and not letting it go. And then you're in close proximity, like a hotel room. So when Kanika left her stuff, if you watch the video, Kanika was very, very drunk. I mean, the girl could barely stand up. And they had walked all the way down the hallway to get to this elevator only to find out she left her things. Maybe, and I'm not saying this is right, maybe it was just easier to leave her there and then just go and get the stuff. Also making sure that 
One of them didn't go back alone because there were some dudes in there that just kind of were being a little pushy and just, you know, just trying a little too hard. So they probably went back together. And I'm not mad at that because who wants to go into a situation like that by themselves? And again, it was probably hard as hell to be like, oh, God, we just had to walk all the way down the hallway with her. Now, granted, if they would have just walked down the hallway with her, it might have been a struggle. But I truly believe this wouldn't have happened to Kanika because I believe the reason why she ended up in that freeze was because she was alone, because she was so drunk, because she was so disoriented. And that is what happened. But I do want to say this. I do believe even though Kanika ended up in that freezer because it was dark in there, the tile all looked the same on the floor and all these other things like that. I truly believe she didn't mean to walk into that freezer. She didn't realize what she was doing. And by the time that door closed, it was pitch black. She could not see. She was already drunk, so she couldn't orient herself and she could not find her way out. And I do believe that Kanika died of hypothermia. And I know some people say, oh, well, someone locked her in there. This, that, and a third. The thing is, if someone locked her in there, because I know some people were trying to say, oh, she wasn't that drunk. This is fake. This is blah, blah, blah. Okay. If she wasn't drunk, there would be signs of her trying to get out. So you mean to tell me if you were sober or even half sober, and you got locked in something, you wouldn't be kicking the door, punching the door. I mean, trying to throw yourself up against the door. I mean, you name it. I don't know about you. I would fight tooth and nail. Like until I turn into a frozen body and I am unconscious and asleep because the hypothermia has taken over, I'm going to fight. There would be signs of that. That would show somewhere that would not just not be there. So, I mean, just, you know, keep stuff like that in mind. On top of that, I think that one of the biggest missteps is that people did not take this case serious. People love to tell you, oh, I mean, you don't have to do a missing persons report. No, do a freaking missing persons report. If you feel like this person who you love and care about is missing, then do the missing persons report. Do not let anybody deter you from doing a missing persons report because at the end of the day you know this person way more than the person who's trying to encourage you to oh just give it 24 hours they're an adult no you know your people for example i am grown i will be 30 years old in january and guess what if my mama calls me or she texts me and something don't seem right or whatever the case may be granted i have a husband she'd probably call my husband first But let's say when I didn't have a husband, if something didn't seem right, if my text response didn't read right, my mama is calling somebody. If I don't hear from my mother and I don't get a response back in a certain amount of time, I'm calling somebody. I'm not waiting 24 hours. I'm not going to sleep on it. I'm not going to relax because I know my mother and I know her patterns and I know what she ultimately would and would not do. And it's really just that simple. I know exactly what I would and would not do. And what she knows is like what I would and would not do. And it's just, no, no. Do not let people pressure you into not filing a report, into not calling, into, oh, well, just, just calm down. Just let it go. Calm down. That is her child. Like, that never stops being her child. Just because she's 19, that is still her baby. And the complete disregard is the part, I think, that pisses me off the most. If somebody would have looked on those cameras, granted, there is a possibility that at 8 a.m. when her mama came there, 
the hypothermia took over. That is that is a possibility. However, comma the chances of her being found, the footage of her roaming around the downstairs, y'all, it's minutes. It's minutes. If somebody would have looked at the footage from that night at the elevator, seen her get on the elevator, checked the footage for the floors, and seen her roaming around, it would have been very clear where she was. Because even though the mom showed up later, there's a time frame that her friends were there to cooperate that would have narrowed down when they would need to look. And it would only be an hour's worth of footage, if that. And if they started at about the right time, they would they would have been able to figure it out. And I'm not saying that hypothermia at that point hadn't taken over because at the end of the day, hypothermia can take hours. Hypothermia can take 30 minutes, 60 minutes at a time sometimes. I'm not saying that she would have been necessarily found alive, but I will say the chances would have been higher if more people would have taken it serious, if the police department would have taken it serious and not discouraged this mother and sound show nonchalant, if the lady at the front desk wouldn't have been an asshole and just called a manager and had a manager take this woman to the back and look at the footage, ask the time frame, ask the floor, and go from there. I truly believe they could have found her sooner. And not that the state of her body would have been any better and not that the situation would have been any better, but they could have found her. And this mother wouldn't have had to go almost 24 hours before she figures out what happened to her kid and where her kid was. Her kid was in that hotel the whole time she was searching for her and nobody took the time to look at these cameras and that's why she was not found the way she should have been. I need these freaking law enforcement people and and anyone else to quit being dismissive and specifically quit being dismissive of black people and people of color, especially when they're talking about their children. If you wouldn't do that with other children, don't do it with black people's children. And it's really just that simple. It doesn't, this doesn't have to be a long drawn out conversation. It is really and literally just that simple. Yet here I am having to say this when I shouldn't. I say all of that to say, I truly believe that this genuinely was an accident, but I do believe that dismissiveness led to this not being handled the way it should have. I do think that there is a possibility that if people weren't dismissive, it could have saved her life. If you are drinking, please be smart. And this is no knocks to her friends at all, but everybody stay together. Everybody stay together, no matter what. Even if it seems easier, oh, let's just leave so-and-so on the bench here, whatever the case may be, you cannot always control what a drunk person does. And, you know, I feel like if they would have just took her back with them, I feel like this would have never happened. And we would never know Kanika Jenkins' name because she would still be alive to this day. But if you're taking any medications or anything like that, please do not push the limits with alcohol. If you are not a major drinker, please do not push the limits with alcohol. And even if you are a major drinker, just be smart about your alcohol consumption. Be smart about where you are and just be very, very careful. It can literally cost you your life. Again, I acknowledge that my opinion on this is not everybody's opinion. It is not the popular opinion, but it is my opinion. And I truly do want to hear you all's opinion. What is your opinion on this whole situation? What 
do you all believe happened? What do you still think? Nope, it's a cover up or whatever the case may be. Let's discuss it on Twitter. Let's discuss it on Instagram. Again, I always have a post for every single episode that I post. I really, really, really want to hear your thoughts on this case. And listen, if you don't agree with me, it's totally fine. Let's still be respectful of each other. I want to hear your what you have to say. I value what you have to say. Um, just like you value what I have to say as well. So, and if you see somebody in the comments you don't agree with, all I ask is that you guys be respectful of each other. That is literally all that I can ask for when it comes to stuff like this. So you guys have a great evening. As always, thank you for listening. And I'll be back with another really good case on Wednesday. Thank you.